You are listening to the Omnitalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, Sezzle, and Silk. Woo-hoo. The Omnitalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Today is September 8th, 2022. I'm your host, Ann Mazenga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing. Chris, did you notice anything about our new intro? You know, and I did. I gave a little woo The fact that too. it's new? Yeah, it's yeah, right? Yeah, that it's new. And we have a new sponsor, Silk. Yes, and Tell Silk. Tell us about Silk. I think Silk likes us for our silky sounds of our voice, actually. But no, but Silk specializes in cloud Perhaps. database performance and optimization. And I'm also happy to report that I actually will be a featured speaker in their upcoming roadshows this fall in places like Dallas and Boston. So if you're in the IT space and want to learn more about attending in either one of those locations, drop me a line via LinkedIn and let's make it happen. But yeah, and I'm pumped. We got a new sponsor again. Yes, I'm excited. We also... And you got... What? Well, I was going to... We can't go... We can't let this go for those watching on video. Oh, because I cut you, my hair You got again? a new do. I went full on Robin this you, time. You, you, you got your hairs cut, my friend. I How are you liking it? I think it's part of the midlife crisis time. You think? It was just like, <laughs> hello, I'm, I'd like, I walk in and I would like to come out looking like a completely different person. Yeah. And I accomplished that goal. So We're going to yeah. have to finish that conversation later because I've got some questions for you about that already. Okay. <laughs> well, Chris, let's get to the actual, let's get you to the get to the content of the reason people are the here. Fast five, yes. To hear the Unless, things. I mean, I'd love to talk about midlife crises to, and hairstyles. But I, I bet our listeners would actually love if we went into that. So maybe, we'll, maybe I'll, Ann and I'll talk about it offline and then we'll bring you back the tidbits uh, yes. next week. But yes. uh we don't have a review today, Ann, to read in the beginning, oh. but we have a very insightful comment that was left for us on YouTube. Ooh, I want to hear about it. Yeah, it comes to us from loyal video follower Shazam Flash. Hmm. Okay. And Shazam had this to say on Sam's Club instituting a fee for curbside pickup. He's one, he or she is one of our most loyal YouTube watchers, honestly. Yes, okay. Um, quote, both Sam's Club and BJ's offer curbside pickup. BJ's curbside pickup is free and Sam's is charging for it. But for that reason alone, 10 times out of 10 I go to BJ's. It's not just the $4, but what incentive do I have to pay Sam's for a service that I can get at BJ's for free? Mm, Sam's would have to offer me lower prices than BJ's, which they don't. Why would I want to go into the store when I don't have to? Because it's more convenient, profitable for Sam's for me to go into the store? I don't think so. Exclamation point. End quote. And do you agree? I. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Actually, Super you know insightful. what? So I'm doing a panel at Grocery Shop coming up with called the Wall Street Perspective. Ooh. And we are going to be talking about this very, very topic. And we're going to be diving into like just how, how big of an impact, who stands to succeed by things like what he's what he or she is talking about yeah. here, like offering curbside pickup for free versus charging for it and how that's going to impact a business's bottom line. So yeah, you're on stage with all the analysts, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. It should be fun. Like it'd be cool. It'd be cool to pick their brains on what drives their modeling. Yeah. I mean that I want to know. I feel like this is, this is actually one of totally. the sessions I'm, I'm most thrilled for is how do I get these super smart Wall Street analyst to break it down for us. So. That's a great, great point. Um, but yes, I would definitely go somewhere that has free curbside pickup, especially a warehouse club. Yeah, it, it, given the option, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
Okay, well, please, if you are listening and you want to leave a comment, you can do so on YouTube, like we talked about right now, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Heart the Podcast if you're on Spotify, if you're on Google or Amazon Music. Please, we're talking to you. Follow and subscribe so that we can keep making the best content. And we will read it aloud one day for all of the listeners to hear. But Chris, it's time to get into the Fast Five. Yes, no more waiting and no more beating around the proverbial bush. And today's Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of our good friends at Grocery Shop. Are you a retailer brand thinking about attending Grocery Shop this year? Believe it or not, it's like 10 days away. Well, I believe it. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling like it too. I'm feeling the crush. Well, don't even think about attending without using our promo code specifically for Talk listeners. Just go to groceryshop.com and enter promo code RBOT1950. That's R-B-O-T-1950 for your special discounted rate. In today's Fast Five News, we've got news on Instagram scaling back even more shopping features. Disney Plus going the other direction and getting into in-app commerce. Yeah. Dick's Sporting Goods offering in-person resale events. Instacart acquiring not one, but two more companies over the past week. But first, we take off with what is quite honestly some very sad news out of Bed Bath & Beyond this week, Anne. Yeah, Chris, according to USA Today, Bed Bath & Beyond CFO Gustavo Arnal committed suicide this past Friday. Harriet Edelman, independent chair of the Bed Bath & Beyond Inc. Board of Directors, had this to say, quote, I wish to extend our sincerest condolences to Gustavo's family. Gustavo will be remembered by all he worked with for his leadership, talent, and stewardship of our company. I'm proud to have been his colleague, and he will be truly missed by all of us at Bed Bath & Beyond and everyone who had the pleasure of knowing him, end quote. It should be noted that according to court documents, Arnal, along with GameStop chairman Ryan Cohen, were both recently named in a lawsuit accusing them of insider trading and fraud. Uh, Chris... What's your take on this really disturbing turn of events this week? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, first of all, it has to be said, my heart absolutely goes out to the family, right. and 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 you also have no idea how much you know anything that had had to do with Bed Bath and Beyond is even a part of this. Right. I mean, I think you have to recognize that it's all supposition or conjecture at this point. But you know, I think, and I had some debates on whether or not to even cover this with some co- close friends of mine too, and and ultimately we decided to do it, but. But I think it's I think it's important to talk about as a story or a headline mm-hmm. because when I look back at how much drama we've reported about Bed Bath and Beyond over the past few years, you know, ultimately it didn't have to end like this. Right. You know, it didn't have to end like this in so many ways. And so by that I mean like my takeaways are looking back at the whole situation. I've basically three takeaways. One, don't fall into the trap of thinking your new CEO is a messiah. Mm-hmm. Like you can see that you can see the writing on the on the wall when companies are starting to do that, and right. it just leads to problems down the road. And that clearly happened here, mm-hmm. clearly. And we were kind of saying, watch out for that, watch out for that. There's a lot of context to what he's going to do here versus what he did at Target. Secondly, I think internal governance matters, mm-hmm. particularly in terms of what are you what you're paying these unproven executives. Like you talked about on a podcast a couple of months ago, just the the millions of dollars these guys were making. Yeah. But also the odd share buyback that they were making before they were even proving yes. out what the strategy was going to be. And they right. were in no way out of the woods, too. And then third, I think the SEC has to step in at some point. Mm-hmm. The fact that Mr. Cohen could come in guns blaring, which like I think was at the beginning of this year, if I remember right, or maybe last year, making claims like he did against the board, doing absolutely nothing to help the stock price, and then still somehow reap a huge profit, mm-hmm. that sickens me. It just One, it sickens me, and two, it smells bad because you're a shareholder and you're selling out when you know there is nothing to be had there from the company. So right. like that, in essence, is my takeaways from the story. I think it's a great microcosm for retail and the industry to look at to, to get a lot of lessons from. When this came out this weekend, it was 
I don't know. I I feel like it just was really, like I said, really jarring news. Um, but I do think that more than anything, and I, I like I, like you said, I've been talking to a couple of friends about this too, and just like who are in the the trading business right. who understand this too, and I think it shows that. The SEC, like you mentioned, and our legal system, they have to get up to speed. Like yeah. the way that he was like he's communicating his, you know, his tweets or whatever about, oh, I'm going to go like we're going to turn this into a meme stock and we're going to do all this stuff or like I'm going to buy or I'm going to sell or whatever. Like yeah. that kind of communicate like the, the means by which all of this is going down is changing so quickly. It and is. the SEC and our legal system need to figure out a plan to more quickly adapt and regulate how this is all going down and how it's all taking place. Because I think we're, this is, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond is not a unique case here. We're no. talking, I mean, we are seeing a lot of other retailers, yeah. a lot of other entertainment providers, hospitality sectors, like every, there's a lot of people who are, who are not evolving here, mm-hmm. who this kind of thing could happen to. And this is more than just the retailer in trouble. I think this is, this is going to have windfalls with the rest of the economy, the people who work at these retailers and especially at Bed Bath & Beyond yep. in this case. And people's lives, unfortunately, like like with Gustavo. And I, I just I I really hope that we can start to see some change here. Yeah, I think your point is right. Like this is not solely an isolated issue with Bed Bath and Beyond, especially on the SEC side of things. And we're not saying that like any of this is tied together. We're not. We're saying if then it's some if there is a connection, it and regardless of sometimes regardless if there is, something has to be done about this right. because it's causing a lot of just issues that could happen down the road that could be similar to this or could not be, but they're still there. Yeah. All right. Headline number two. According to the information, cool name, man. Sounds like Mm -hmm. The weekend. Instagram is planning to drastically scale back its shopping features as it shifts the focus of its e-commerce efforts to those that directly drive advertising, citing an internal memo. For example, staff were apparently notified that Instagram's existing shopping page will eventually disappear. And over the next few months, Instagram will test a simpler and less personalized version of the shopping page known internally as, quote, Tab Lite. <laughs> That's oh such God. a funny name. I didn't think about the connections there. Whatever the heck that means, a test that reportedly begins on Tuesday. And what do you make of this? First, cutting back on live stream shopping and now direct shopping too? Yeah, you know, I'm... I'm really disappointed about this. And I think oh. the first thing that came to mind is all of the small businesses who have started leveraging this platform coming out of the pandemic. Like, mm-hmm. how do I still sell my products in my stores when people can't come to the stores? And I think they really have have spent, at least a lot of the ones that I follow, have spent a lot of time becoming fluent in how to do sales through Instagram. And mm-hmm. that's become a large part of their business. So I think that that's what really you know makes me concerned about this departure for Instagram. I understand that, you know, a lot of the enterprise uh, retailers that we've seen are moving people back. They're getting away from the walled gardens and and Facebook and Instagram kind of holding all of that, their customer information. They're bringing people back to their own, you know, platforms to give them a better insight into their own customers and how their customers are shopping. But I think that there's there's still a value to having the shopping available for the SMBs because they're not going to be able to do what those enterprise retailers are doing. They're not going to be able to bring live shopping to their sites the way that, you know, the Gap or Fenty Beauty is able to do this at, at that scale. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's just maybe what, what Instagram is saying there is that it's just not enough. Like there's not enough revenue to be made there, which I, I still think is not right. But yeah, there's not enough to be made there. 
to really keep this going. Yeah, that's interesting. The point about small business is dead on too. You know, and I, you know, I question too, like how much are small businesses using Instagram for shopping versus advertising to draw business to their website? Ultimately, like if you look at the total pie, mm-hmm. I think the thing too, like this reporting sounds really thin to me. It sounds a lot like the reporting coming out of the live stream reports that we talked about as well. So, like it's like to your point, it's hard to believe that Instagram would just go away from commerce, right? And from my sources I'm talking to, that's actually probably not true. That's not really what's happening here. So it makes me think that what's happening is it's really a shift in tactics. Okay. Nothing nothing more, nothing less than that. It's just a sure. shift in how they're doing it. Because it does bring up the point, which I think is important, and especially someone that – I was all in on Instagram shopping. I, I remember saying on a podcast, like, the way they're trying to do this, like, I don't ever need to go to another retailer's app if they do this the right way. Like, right. I can see everything that's tailored to me, and I can buy it right from there – but yet it hasn't hooked me. Mm-hmm. I've tried to use it a lot. Yeah. And I think the answer comes back to me, the UX design of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just not there for me. Right. And, and it, so it goes again to like, why hasn't this taken off in social media in general mm-hmm. as a commerce platform? I just think we haven't cracked the code on what that user experience looks like inside of one of these platforms. And so for me, I just take this as, hey, we're repositioning ourselves to still go after it. We're not going away from commerce. Are you freaking nuts? Yeah. Like, it's kind of my take. Yeah, so they'll, they'll just keep on. It's just, a, like you're saying, it's figuring out how to make this work in a different way or to be more optimized. For... Right, which is what tab light signals, <laughs> signals to me, right? Like, if you're going away from it, you're not doing tab light. You're right. not testing something new. Right. Right? So it's kind of inherent in the story. And so the, the headline to me so is So it's the Diet Coke slightly... of social shopping is what we're saying. Yeah, right. The Diet Coke. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> all right, good. Chris, let's move on to... Headline number three, Disney Plus. However, we have yes. somebody going the opposite yes, direction against the trend. Plans to offer in-app commerce by the See, end it's hard of to 2022. Say, huh? uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, Disney is exploring a membership program that could offer discounts or special perks to encourage customers to spend more on its streaming services, theme parks, resorts, and merchandise. It's a move that some internal Disney executives have begun calling Disney Prime. <laughs> of course. Not yeah. Tab Light, <laughs> Disney Prime. Right. It's not that it's enough that it's Disney Plus already, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, as an early step, Disney is working to enable subscribers to its Disney Plus streaming service to buy merchandise such as T-shirts, themed accessories, and children's costumes associated with some of its shows by scanning a QR code on the service that links to the Shop Disney website people familiar with the plan said. One example that executives have discussed is a possible merchandise tie-in offering an exclusive toy version of a Darksaber, uh, a weapon oh, from yeah. the Star Wars-themed series The Mandalorian for sale only to Disney Plus subscribers. Chris? Yes. Uh, I know you love this. I'm going to- You know I do. Yeah. yeah, you like posted about it immediately yeah. from, I think, the car on the way home from Home Delivery World. But I did. What, uh, why don't you elaborate a little bit on your, your love for this move? For sure. Do you know what a Darksaber is before I start? Don't know. No? Don't okay, care. Okay, good. Well, we won't go into that for many listeners because those that do will appreciate they why. They probably already know. They we pre- don't need yeah, to cover that. They already know and they yeah. appreciate why The I rest of us Ed. don't. Yes, care. yes, right, yes, <laughs> yes. But you should, damn it. Okay. All right, no, you're right. I love it. Um, and you mentioned I, I wrote about it in Forbes. I wrote about this uh, this happening three years ago in Forbes. Um, and and well, like we talked about in that car ride, I think the miles with this are endless. Mm-hmm. Like it's endless roads that you can still go down with this. You've got 
product drops Nike style in app, mm-hmm. you know, is one. You've got like paid cameo style interactions with the stars. Like, you know, imagine, imagine Pedro Pascal from The Mandalorian. Don't know who, who that is. You don't is. know who that is either. That's kind of sad because he was in Narcos. But um, I'd rather have like the um, Baby Yoda from SNL. Yeah, you, Kyle can, have, you can have Baby Yoda at SNL. Do like a little show for your kids. Yeah. And people, there's probably oh, not plenty of people kids. who pay have a you, ton of money. Have you heard Baby Yoda? <laughs> I, I, Kyle I, Mooney's Baby Yoda? Oh, Weekend yeah. Update? Seen, yeah, no, I don't yeah, think yeah, he's right. saying no, anything. But yeah, kids. but yeah, but like, but all that is there, so it's easy yeah. money for the taking. And the other part about this too, and and you kind of brought this up before the show too, is I think Disney's right not to rush into this. Disney has such a strong hold on content that they should test the waters, dip their toe into it, make sure they're doing it in the right way. And so, in essence, in essence, I love it, love it, love it. Well, three loves, Anne. I agree. Like King you do. Triton's staff in The Little Mermaid, Chris. This thing is gold. So King Triton's staff is your dark saber. That's, yeah, I that's think what that, you're saying? I would say okay, that, mo- I like that I think that I like more that. people in the world listening to this podcast know about King Triton, Ariel's dad from Little Mermaid, than maybe the dark saber. But I could be wrong. Actually, I, yeah, maybe I have maybe no I'm idea, actually. I have no idea. Um, okay, but exhibit A, like I think you have to just look at the success of Disney Plus subscribers in just the last like right. couple of years alone. Right. Like this is a very good indication that there's people who want more from Disney. They want to engage deeper in the brand, and this is a great way to do this. They're leveraging Disney's flywheel. Right. They can keep, like you said, time can go on. They can keep testing things. Yeah. They have the budget to play with all kinds of, you know, experiences for their fans. Right. And lastly, Walmart Plus, you better be taking notes because this is a company that is leveraging the assets that they have yes. in a smart way. Ooh, good and extension. Ex- good extending argument extension. a reason for me to continue to have a Disney Plus or Disney Prime mm-hmm. membership, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you're right. And the other part, too, is they already have their own product storefront. Yes. You know, they have a Disney store online already. So, yes. like... You know, unlike Facebook, like they've already got, they already understand how to do commerce in this space to some degree. Yeah. It's easy to pipe into that over time. Yeah, I, you know, this is going to happen totally if they get it right. If they think about it the right way, it's going to happen. All right. Fourth headline, Dick's Sporting Goods is partnering with an online sporting goods marketplace called Sideline Swap to trade gift cards for used sports gear. According to Chain Storage, the two companies will offer a series of 50 new trading events in seven states through the end of 2022. At the trading events, customers can exchange their used sports gear and receive Dick's gift cards to use towards their next purchase. Customers also have the option to donate all or a portion of their trading value to select local sports organizations. And items that do not qualify for trading can be donated or recycled. The companies have previously held 10 trading events at four Dick's locations with plans to expand their partnership to additional markets in 2023. And the soccer mom in you, I just know absolutely loves this. Am I right? Uh, I do. I love it. Especially, so we just went to the Dick's House of Sport. We're going to be putting out a video on that soon. But I think that especially in those places where Dick's is focused on being part of the community, getting people into the store, this is a great way to do this. Um, It's House of Sport and Public Land, their outdoor concepts as well. But I think that what I, I like most about this is this this is cyclical. This is something that happens every season with every sport, with every family. Like you have to go get the new gear. And this kind of establishes a muscle memory, I think, in the minds of, of Dick's Sporting Goods customers that like we just go to Dick's now to bring our gear back, get our new gear, and that can all happen simultaneously at these events. Um, 
also Dix doesn't have to hold any of this inventory, which I'm I'm right. I'm hit or miss on. I mean, right. some of it to me, it's like there could be some advantages still of like the ski swap model where you can bring, you know, you right. go there, you walk away that day with something used. Um, that's worked very well yeah. for a lot of other organizations. It works really well for right. Facebook Marketplace. But I think that there's room to grow into that and see, yeah. like, yeah, that's true. with these 50 events, like, what kind of turnout are you getting? Um, what do people want? What do people want? Yeah. What sells? But I, I just, I love that this is an option here for for families, for 50 families. I think it's going to be a great addition um, to the Dick's sporting goods world but what do you think are you are you as big on this as i am yeah i love it i love it like if we had one i'd probably go yeah like, I, I know think, it's not going to be here yet. yeah sh- I, and, yeah um, especially on our timeline that which is tough but um yeah to me i think it, it there's first of all from a, just a conceptual standpoint there's no bigger waste of money than than sporting goods for children right like it's just an absolute or waste. or like inhibitor from starting sports like you a right. lot of sports you can't even some kids can't even play because the equipment is too expensive right right absolutely and it's a brilliant merchandising idea too mm-hmm. because like it it plays into two things it gets you to the location yeah which we always talk about is what is your why yeah. why am i going to the location it gives me a reason to go to dicks to associate something with dicks which hopefully gives me money for the trade-in and i go and i spend my money at dicks mm-hmm. the other thing about this like from my time at target i used to run back to college at target Am, yeah and and that's what this is built around it's built around seasonal events which is why it's good merchandising there are seasonal events in people's lives getting kids into sports is one of them yeah that you can build events around. And so we used to bus kids into like college campuses. I can remember we bus people into Boulder, Fort Collins, yeah. Superior, Colorado. And you can plan around that. And the volume in those days was immense. Like it went up like three or four times. Yeah. And that's huge. Like you can do a whole week in a day. So like in theory, you could create and program this same thing across all the dicks throughout the country, which, Ann, brings me to our next question, which is the AM CRG put you on the spot question of the week. Ooh. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Okay. So here it is from AM CRG. We like the creativity of this program from Dix, mm-hmm. partnering with an already existing secondhand marketplace provider and flowing future purchases back to Dix in the form of gift cards. What other retailer or sector could benefit from this type of arrangement? Ooh. Well, yeah, that's a good question. I, huh? I think your example of back to college is actually a good one. Like yep. there's tons of opportunities on, on college campuses or, you know, in used stores to be what around. Bed Bath & Beyond was best at. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like how do you, how do you leverage mm-hmm. resale? I, you know, I'm a huge resale yep. person. So I say anything that you can buy on Facebook marketplace should be like anything that people are buying, which the top three things I think are like furniture, kids clothes and toys and yep. sporting equipment, like any of those areas, you should definitely be doing this. So, I mean, I think Ikea could do something like this. Restoration Hardware, West Elm, like those are some of the things that you always see selling like hotcakes on Facebook Marketplace. Um, kids, outdoors, sneakers. Um, I, I think anything that really, I mean, there's no limit, I guess. No. I mean, that's really it. And and like, like A&M says, like you're bringing people in, you're giving them credit to spend in that store. Mm-hmm. Like whether you're using a resale platform or not, you should figure out how you're going to capture whether it's being the place where this is taking place or some sort of that revenue from the resale of, of your items. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, the ones that have been done, like you said, like we've seen car seat returns. Yep. We're seeing, you know, this sporting goods one now. We've seen the back to college events. Yeah, to me, it all goes back to the mindset of what mine are you in at what time of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so for me, like wardrobe cleanouts, yep. probably twice a year, right? Mm-hmm. The place I would say malls. Malls have huge parking lots. Why aren't they doing big, like, Swaps, and swaps, stuff. Yeah. resale swaps with mm-hmm. like thread up or somebody like that coordinating that or yeah. helping with that or 
You know, you could even do high-end malls with like the real real or something like that. And mm-hmm. the other one too for me was toys. Yeah. Like the toys clean out. Yes. You know, every parent does that and you know, you need a place to donate them. So mm-hmm. it gets you one it reminds you, "Hey, you need to do this." And two, it gives you an easy place to do it. I right. think and you could do that at a mall, you could do that at a toy retailer, or Target, Walmart, whatever. And it probably makes them feel good too cuz you probably are donating it yes. in that in that situation as well. Yeah. Um okay, Chris, well let's move on to headline number 5. Instacart has gone on an acquisition spending spree Woo! over the last week. What a shock. Uh, it has acquired not one, but two companies in just a six-day <laughs> span, Chris. Um, this comp- this first company it acquired, Eversight, is a pricing and promotions AI platform founded by Dave Moran, who some of you may recognize because we featured him on our Spotlight series not too long ago. Yes, we did. The second company is called Rosie, which offers yes. independent grocers, branded e-commerce websites, and mobile app capabilities. Chris. Yes, Anne. What the heck is going on at Instacart? I don't know. I mean, basically, Instacart's a VC at this point. <laughs> like, that's the best way I can put it. Instacart is a VC at this point. You add SmartCart Caper into the mix, right? Yeah. The SmartCart yeah. company they acquired. Yeah. And that's three companies, all of which are retail startups, that have really zero connection to one another if you get down to how retail actually works. So, for example, doing gig, dig, gig, doing, gig delivery, doing gig delivery. Yep, yep. Yeah, man, I'm having trouble with the alliteration today, which is usually not my no. my, my problem. No. It's usually my forte. Doing gig delivery, for example, does not make you better at pricing analytics or checkout free shopping. You no. exercising that muscle for the past 10 or 15 years does not help you in any way in those arenas. I want people to understand that. I could get on board with an e-commerce platform for grocers being synergistic to what Instacart has traditionally done. Yeah. But there are so many players in that space. I had never mm-hmm. even heard of Rosie. And why, if I'm a grocer trying to wean myself off Instacart, as many people are, which I think you already kind of talked about at one point in this conversation or in your in in sessions past, why would I go with Instacart? Like, I why know. would I? Why would I do this to form my own e-commerce browser, my own e-commerce experience? There's tons of players out there, and and to top it all off, we had 1010 data on our podcast this week, sharing the latest data on Instacart. We can't share it with you, but let me just tell you, like, we're gonna put the pot out next week. You're gonna want to listen to it yes. because the story does not appear to be great, is what I would say, and it's further into, it's just a further indication of why this seems like just a massive grasping of straws, and and Instacart is just basically trying to act like a VC and hope it works. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I don't even understand if I'm a retailer or grocer right now, like how I'm supposed to be thinking about Instacart. I, I, still I don't feel either. like they have so much internal, like cohesion to happen that for me as a retailer, like how is going to Instacart, paying them on top of what I would already be doing um, inside my own internal organization, hiring a, pl- a pricing and planning right. and analytics company, hiring the, you know, check out free technology person like i mean I, couldn't i get a better deal myself like negotiating directly with these right. people instead of going to instacart for what i hope will be somebody who's got their stuff together and can offer me this full range of offerings like i just i don't understand why as a grocer i need instacart as like my super app and if i trust them to be a super app right now yeah, and I, yeah, and the super apps it's a good analogy, you know, and who knows if they're actually going that direction. But like it's your point, like like Eversight's a great is a good company. We've spotlighted them. Right. But like, you know, it, it might just work on its own as a concept, but it has absolutely this is what's important. It has absolutely nothing to do in the in a, in a lot of ways with like gig delivery. It's just better pricing analytics for retailers, which fine, if you want to become a pricing analytics shop in Sigart, go ahead and do that. But I don't see how that 
I, I just like don't it, get the underlying premise of all build, these acquisitions. Isn't it going to take yes. time to build this? Like, that's why I yes. talk about the super app. Like, you're not even, like, how can you confidently go into any retailer right now and be like, here's our suite There's of offerings. so many like, connection points, You don't too. even know yeah. how, like, those things come together in the kitchen. You're just, like, putting out a menu that keeps adding stuff and, and more stuff yeah. and more stuff. And I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't understand. I just don't see. I don't. I don't see a lot. There's so many questions this raises to me, and 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 this is our last story. So we have and we've got some time. The show's running pretty quick. Like, like I don't understand the boards approving all of this. Number one, like, okay, we're just gonna spend all this money in advance of the IPO. Which at this point, I'm wondering if it's even gonna happen this year because, like, like I, I don't get. I just don't get these moves. Like, it it doesn't make sense. It it kind of brings me back to the first story, Chris, that we were talking about today, which is like. Who are the people internally that are asking questions about what's going on? Like, right. if you're at Instacart, like, is anybody raising their hand? Like, what's the plan here? Where's this going? Like, how, especially like if you're leading teams that are now supposed to be like all of a sudden creating this big suite right. of offerings, like, where is my priority of just being a managing how the, the products get from retailer to end consumer? Like, where does that fall on the spectrum? Isn't that what we were Instacart to begin with? Like, right. I don't know. I just feel so much frustration for those those employees of Instacart trying to figure out like where they belong in the world. Yeah, you're buying these companies when instead you could actually like in theory be giving some of that money back or giving that money back to the initial shareholders or something. But like, yeah, it's just I I I don't know. I lost. I it's just it's so damn unfathomable to me and if i was a startup i'd be calling instacart right and left being like hey you want to acquire me because fair play to to eversight and rosie they probably got a good valuation i'm guessing because yeah. instacart seems kind of desperate in this yeah that's weird you know i don't know i don't know I, I i gotta move on let's keep going um we're going to the lightning round chris uh i have a great first question all right for you. hit me Unilever announced that they'd start selling their ice cream directly to consumers, also via Instacart <laughs> right. this week. Right. Um, Which is a cool move, actually. Yes, I agree. Uh, if you were if you were called, a la Jimmy Fallon or the Grateful Dead, to create your own flavor of ice cream, what ingredients would it include? I miss it. Jimmy Fallon has his own ice cream, by the way. Um, God, uh, let me think about that for a sec. I would go with, off the top of my head, Vodka gut punch, Ann. I don't what? know why, but that's what's coming through my head. Vodka want, and ice want, cream? Yeah, ooh, vi- ooh, yeah. Vodka milkshakes? You never had one of those? Mm, I'm not. That's not oh, yes. feeling like. So tasty. Gel. Okay. So tasty. So All right. What's a vodka gut I don't, punch? I don't know, Ann. Use your imagination. That's the point. <laughs> little chocolate, little like vodka taste. Maybe it's actually got vodka in it because, you know, I'm, I'm getting creative and innovative oh here, and There's no bounds on this. I'm I thinking don't know. outside the ice cream box. I Ann. don't think you're going to get high scores. You're not going to be the number one selling ice cream uh, on Instacart. I, I don't think. And it's but. a punch in the gut. All right. Starbucks named a new CEO this week. If you could tell him one thing you'd want changed at your Starbucks experience, what would it be? I want half-calf drip coffee. Ooh, that's a good one. I, I'm a big half-calf you are a half-calf person. Calf-er. As you know, I had to dial back on the yeah. caffeine, love coffee, but I really want to just go in and have like half decaf pike, half regular roast pike. Yeah, that's a really good call. I wonder if they. I wonder what prevents that, or if they could do that. If that even because they don't have the same roast for dark uh, and light, right, or for right. decaf and regular. Right, 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 right. Which so is a shame. Yeah, you're a half calfer. I'm a calfer. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> but I could have two cups of coffee to your one cup of coffee. You can. Yeah, you can. Anyway, Chris, Walmart unveiled an all-in-one app called Me at Walmart this past week and gave employees their own Samsung phones. If you could have an all-in-one app to handle a collection of tasks in your day, what would be the first task you'd put it on? 
Ooh, I love that question. And I hope she's listening, Anne, because I've got an answer for this. An app that collates and organizes all the texts from Mrs. OmniTalk that I get every day about random changes to her work schedule. Oh, Ma- my God. Let me just tell you, Anne, marital coordination still eludes me. It, well, it just absolutely baffles me I think, and Mrs. OmniTalk on a daily basis. I think just a general prioritization list, something that could like prioritize the text in general between any partners i think would be brilliant right where do you rank this among all the lists of the to-dos today right that'd be good yeah like yeah like you just keep scrolling i don't know yeah Yeah. you seem like there's probably tools out there that you could do that it's just about (laughs) investing them for the benefit of you and your spouse and getting you both to figure out how to use them in the same way sure all right and season five the season five teaser trailer for yellowstone came out this past week yeah it's kind of lame actually i I, I, I watched it. it uh pound for pound who is hotter on that show rip or Beth? Um, neither. Casey, really? obviously. Oh, but that's not the question. Beth or Rip? Well, I guess Beth. Beth, I don't for know. sure like, Beth. Rip, 100% Beth. Rip is 100%. not my kind of kind of cowboy. He's I not guess. your cowboy? I like Casey's him as a your cowboy. But yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, he's a good, yeah. yeah. If he's somebody's going to. So come, Casey or Beth? Casey, shows off the rails. obviously. Really? Oh, no way. I'd oh still go God, with Beth. I'd still sure go with Casey. Beth. All right. Kevin Costner or Casey? Ooh, I might have to. Uh, I'm still gonna go Casey. You're gonna go Casey, but he Kevin Costner looks good in that show. Oh yeah, Kevin Costner was. He's like he was a hottie back in the day, hottie bo body back in oh, the day. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, Field of Dreams. Oh yeah, Field of Dreams, Bull Durham. Mm-hmm. You know, No Way Out in the Navy Whites. Anyway, yeah, all right, that all wraps right. us up. Happy birthday today to Gatton Matazaro, Pink, and my little sister's favorite boy toy growing up, Mr. JTT, Jonathan oh, Taylor How old is Thomas. he? Do you remember? I think he's 41, Ann. Okay, that sounds yeah, about right. That seems about right, right? Sounds about right. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And we try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. Remember to also use our promo code RBOT1950 to register for a grocery shop. That's R-B-O-T-1950. It's not too late. Go it's do it now. Late. You got about seven or eight days. And? And, and be, on behalf of all of us at OmniTalk, as always, to close out this crazy hell of a show, and be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. And is also brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com. Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit sezzle.com. And finally, Silk. The Silk Cloud DB virtualization platform is a virtualization layer between your workloads and the cloud. It helps you scale your cloud without scaling your costs. Visit silk.us to learn more.